to the Empower Her Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Aoife, and this is episode number 19. In today's episode, we are going to be talking all things metabolism, specifically why some people can eat more and still lose weight, because I think it's a topic that a lot of people are confused about and want to understand a little better. But before we get into that, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me on yet another episode. If you're new here, I'll just give you a little snapshot of what to expect from the podcast. Each week on the show, I'll be discussing all things nutrition mostly because that is my passion, but I'll also be bringing in different fitness related topics or strategies that will help you to understand how to eat and train effectively for results without resorting to fad dieting because my main passion is to help women escape the yo-yo dieting trap and live a life of food freedom while also achieving their body composition goals. If you love what you hear on today's episode, please feel free to tell a friend, tell a co-worker, a family member, a gym buddy, or anyone who's interested in improving their life and body as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it to Instagram. Don't forget to tag me at ActivelyEva or tag the podcast at empowerher.fitness. I love seeing that you guys are listening and learning from the show. So let's get into today's topic. We're going to chat all things metabolism. I'm going to tell you how exactly metabolism works, why there isn't really such a thing as boosting or kickstarting your metabolism, despite what you might see on the media and ads. And I'm also going to explain to you how some people can eat more and still lose weight and how that works and how your metabolism basically can be impacted by your diet and lifestyle. So make sure you listen all the way to the end because I'm going to give you some tips on what you can do with regards to your own nutrition and training in order to optimize your metabolism and ensure that it is just working at its best level basically. So a lot of people talk about their metabolism like it's a muscle that they can somehow control or build. You might see uh, phrases like fix a slow metabolism or eat these foods to kickstart your metabolism, eat a breakfast to boost your metabolism, or try this diet to reset your metabolism. Well, trying to boost your metabolism probably won't lead to weight loss, or at least not to the degree that changing your nutrition and lifestyle habits will. Metabolism is actually the process by which your body converts what you eat and drink into energy. It refers to a series of chemical reactions in each cell that turn the foods you eat into fuel to keep your body functioning. So a lot of people think it is a lot more abstract than that and it means something different, but it's actually just how your body functions and how it uses energy in order to function on a daily basis. If that seems a little bit abstract, then it might make a little more sense looking at it this way. Your metabolism can basically be defined by your BMR. That's your basal metabolic rate. And that's something we discussed in one of the earlier episodes when I talked about what calories are made up of. Your basal metabolic rate is the number of calories your body needs to accomplish its most basic life-sustaining functions. So all the processes that happen inside your cells each and every moment of the day in order to stay alive. That's what makes up your metabolism. 
Everybody's BMR is going to be different because we are all different shapes and sizes. And that's what impacts your metabolism or your BMR the most, the surface area of your body. So your weight and your height is going to be the most basic indicator of your BMR or your metabolism. We're going to just interchange those two words throughout this episode to make it a bit easier. So basically, if you're small and short, you will unfortunately have a lower BMR or calorie requirement than somebody who's big and tall. Sorry, but that's just a simple fact of life. There is less of you, so less energy is required to fuel the cells in your body because there is less surface area. And a really good little analogy that I came up with as I was writing notes for this episode was looking at it from the point of view of, you know, cars and engines. Obviously, a bigger car requires a bigger engine to store the fuel that is needed to run that car. And the smallest engines are usually found in the smallest types of cars because they require less fuel to run. Same thing goes for us and our calorie needs and our basal metabolic rate and metabolisms. But a question that many people ask then based on metabolism is how can some people eat, say, 2,700 calories without gaining weight, while others will gain weight on 1,300 calories? Well, if you've been listening up to now, you're probably going to think, first of all, it will obviously depend on the size of the person. So a person that's quite a lot smaller and shorter, their metabolic needs will be lower, so they probably will require less food to maintain that size. And then there's also the fact that metabolism varies a lot between people, and it's influenced by many other factors as well, including not only your height and weight, but also your physical activity levels, your NEAT, so your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, that's a big one, the amount that you just move throughout the day subconsciously, your diet, the climate you live in, your gender, your age, your genetics, unfortunately, does play a factor. Some people are genetically just predisposed to having a faster metabolism and requiring more energy. And the, also the amount of lean muscle and fat tissue in the body will play a role in your metabolism and how much energy you require on a daily basis. So on that one, and I'll talk about that first, there's a connection between fat-free mass and basal metabolic rate. So that means people who have more lean muscle mass will generally burn more energy because muscle requires more energy at rest. Now, there's been a lot of research done on this, and it does seem like the difference is not that huge, to be honest. I think I read somewhere that there is an increase. If you increase about one kilo in lean muscle mass, that will only equate to about a difference of 20 calories per day, which seems very insignificant. But it does make a difference over time, coupled with a few other factors that I will go into next. But because fat-free mass and lean muscle mass makes a difference, it then obviously makes sense to prioritize your training towards muscle building. So doing more strength-based training and resistance training, as opposed to just doing cardio, because it's going to give you more bang for your buck with regards to increasing lean muscle mass, therefore keeping your metabolic rate higher. Then physical activity, on the other hand, accounts for only a tiny part of your total energy expenditure. So only about 10 to maybe 20% of your daily basal metabolic rate is made up of physical activity. That is 
the physical activity you do outside of just day-to-day movement. So actually going to the gym and doing exercise. It doesn't make up that huge a role on, in your BMR. Now, while it's extremely hard to speed up the metabolic rate, research has shown that certain things can in fact slow it down. And you're probably aware of this yourself. Things like aging, overtraining, and crash dieting are the main ones. The downregulation of your metabolism after dieting is one we'll just chat a little bit further on now because that's probably something that impacts quite a few people that are listening to this if you have been trying to lose weight or cutting calories for quite some time. When you're in a calorie deficit, your NEAT reduces. So your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, the amount that you move subconsciously throughout the day will decrease in order for your body to conserve energy. That along with changes in hormone systems and a decline or just slight decrease in cell turnover will cause an overall reduction in our daily expenditure and thereby maintenance calories. However, By bringing calories back up after dieting and doing this by increasing carbohydrates, we can raise that number back to where it belongs and the body responds well to having more energy coming in by then doing more as a result. So our NEAT levels start to increase again and everything starts to return to normal. So we use that energy really effectively then and we basically bring our metabolic rate back up to where it should be. Now, training also can have a negative impact on our metabolism or a basal metabolic rate if done in a non-optimal way, let's say. So the long-term effects of strength training, as I explained, include increases in our BMR due to increases in lean muscle mass. However, if you're not training optimally and you're overtraining, that will often result in downregulation of your metabolism because you're basically going to be putting your body into a highly stressed state. And there's been a lot of research done in this area and it basically has concluded that overtraining provokes a lot of metabolic, hormonal and neural responses in an attempt to restore our homeostasis and conserve energy. So we really don't want to be doing that. We want to ensure that with our training, we are allowing optimal rest and recovery to take place so that our body isn't in a stressed state. Now, as I mentioned before, the biggest variable impacting our BMR is the person's NEAT. And this is the amount of incidental movement that a person does throughout the day. So for example, just like I'm doing now, even though you can't see me, using your hands when you speak, I do that all the time, even when I'm just talking on the podcast, fidgeting, moving your chair, just getting up and moving about throughout the day, all of these tiny little movements, even basically like opening and closing your eyes, blinking. Um, You probably blink a little bit less when you're in a deficit because your body's conserving energy. A really random thing that I thought about, but that's all part of NEAT. Uh, So let's have a look at how this would apply in a real life situation, just to bring it into perspective for you. When you're dieting, you are deliberately taking in less energy than your body requires. So your body will do everything it can to conserve energy. Our bodies are really, really clever in that way. And that's what metabolic downregulation is. Any systems that the body deems non-essential start to operate less optimally. Now, as an aside on this, one of those systems that the body starts to consider non-essential when we are extremely dieted is our hormonal pathways. And as females, 
I always say to my clients, it's really important to pay attention to your menstrual cycle, especially when you're in a deficit and just keep track of how long your cycle is, if there are any changes to the length of your cycle, because we obviously want to make sure that it is staying consistent and we're not losing our period because that can be a sign of relative energy deficiency, basically not getting enough energy coming in and then our body sees that we don't have enough energy coming in and tries to conserve energy as best it can by shutting down different areas and we definitely don't want to then impact our hormonal pathways by staying in a diet state long term if it's impacting those areas. So I always would advise keeping track of your cycle and just making sure that it is staying consistent because that can be a really good indicator of how healthy your body is, especially if you are in a dieting phase and trying to lose weight. So that was a total aside on that, but I think it's a really important point to note. Another thing that you'll notice when you're dieting is you will tend to naturally become a little lazier. Everything seems a lot harder to do. Like I remember one time when I was doing a mini cut, I found it so difficult just to get the motivation to walk down the road to the shop. I think I would just rather have driven and it was like maybe a five minute walk uh, just because my energy levels were that depleted. Uh, so that's something that you'll notice when you're dieting. You'll just tend to become that bit lazier. You'll move less incidentally throughout the day. And that basically results in a reduction in your need, which then obviously brings down your basal metabolic rate. So not only are we reducing calories when we're dieting, but as a result of that, our body will react to the reduction in calories by also reducing our energy output. So over time, when you're dieting, the energy gap, the deficit starts to become smaller and smaller because of that metabolic downregulation. So that's something important to keep note of. And that's often why people, if they've kept their calories consistent throughout their entire dieting phase, they may notice a big drop at the beginning, but over time, their weight loss starts to stall that's because that energy deficit is becoming smaller and smaller as your body is becoming a bit smarter about what's happening and starting to conserve energy more. Your basal metabolic rate is decreasing and the deficit is just coming, becoming smaller and smaller. So anyway, going on from that and going back to NEAT, um, obviously, you know, if you're moving less throughout the day, your basal metabolic rate is starting to decrease. And a way that we can actually just counteract that while we're in a deficit is by monitoring our steps. And that's why that's a good approach to take so that you're keeping your output levels consistent by ensuring that you're getting a set number of steps throughout your entire dieting phase. Then when we stop dieting and hopefully start eating more again and increasing our calories back up to maintenance, our body recognizes that there is more fuel coming in and can start to switch on all the systems and functions that were running at half speed before. So once you go back up to maintenance, you might notice that you start to get a bit anim more animated when you talk, you fidget a bit more, you easily hit your steps without noticing, your hair and your nails start to grow faster. These are all signs of upregulation of the metabolism due to an increase in energy availability. And this is actually a reason why many people will look better and even leaner a week or two after finishing their diet. Basically, their energy levels have picked up as a result of more fuel coming in. So they start to do more and they start to use the fuel that's coming in more effectively. 
Now, final point on metabolism that I have here is a bit anecdotal. It's just something that I have observed in myself and with my clients. And that is the more consistent you are with your nutrition, that is having several months of eating at maintenance without crazy ups and downs, you know, without going in and out of a deficit, just staying consistent at your maintenance calories will generally mean that your body becomes more efficient at using the energy coming in because it doesn't have to start adapting to different amounts uh, coming in on a daily and weekly basis. That coupled with training effectively to build lean muscle and avoiding overtraining, so you're minimizing the external stressors that are taking a toll on your body, will mean that you can often gradually look at increasing those calories over time as your body composition starts to develop further and you start to build some lean muscle mass. Or even better, if you're newer to training and you take this approach where you're eating at maintenance or maybe slightly below maintenance and training really effectively, that is strength training three to four times per week, ensuring that you are getting rest days, you're not overdoing your training with adding in extra cardio. If you take this approach and you're quite new to strength training consistently, you will be the real winner here because you have the distinct advantage of then being able to keep calories relatively high, i.e. at maintenance, while achieving body recomposition. So that is when you can lose fat and build muscle at the same time. And this is something that is an advantage for somebody who is very new or relatively new to strength training or even just new to consistently strength training and progressing their training. So that's why I honestly love when I get those sort of clients come to me who is um, someone who has never lifted weights before and wants to simply tone up in brackets or in uh, inverted commas there. Um, They're a really ideal uh, type of person to work with if they want to keep their calories relatively high and work towards a muscle gain and fat loss sort of goal because you can actually tie both in together at that point in time because you will have a thing called newbie gains where you start to develop your strength quite quickly and easily as a new trainee. So that was a little bit kind of off topic there towards the end, but you might be in one of those situations yourself. And if you are, I would highly recommend making sure that you take advantage of getting started with strength training by ensuring that your body is getting enough energy coming in in order to be able to build some muscle and get some increases in strength because it's a really great opportunity to make some massive changes to your body while also being able to still eat a lot of food. So win-win all around. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope there wasn't too much background noise in that one, guys, because I've recorded this on a different day to normal. And unfortunately, it is the day that my building has all of the rubbish collection happening, which happens nearby to my apartment. So I think there was a bit of noise in the background at some points, but hopefully it didn't come through in the podcast. Uh, So if it did, I'm sorry. And thanks for bearing with me through it. But yeah, thank you as always for listening to the podcast, guys. I really appreciate everyone that is tuning in each week. And I love hearing your feedback 
on the episodes that resonated with you. If this one was something that you found helpful, please feel free to, as I said, tell somebody about it or share it to Instagram. If you're interested in learning more about working with me, there are a few options that you can see on my website. One is my eight-week program, which is you can either do it macros only, which is just the nutrition side of things and do your own training, or you can choose an add-on at the end, which will add on a training program for the entire eight weeks as well. So that is my eight-week female strength and fat loss program that you'll see a lot of results on my Instagram page about. And also I do offer one-on-one coaching, but limited places are available for that one. If you're interested in that, you can submit an application. And if I have a spot available, I will get back to you. So yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Speak to you in the next episode. 